your Jesus Christ. Our meditation this morning is taken from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4. Listen again to verse 1. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the just decrees that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live. So far, our text. Are you ready for a little Old Testament history this morning? Because here's what's happening in our text. Moses is 120 years old, and he's ready to retire from the ministry. The baby whose cradle was rocked by the Nile and was raised by an Egyptian princess and then exiled to Midian for 40 years and sent by burning bush Yahweh to rescue a million slaves and looked Pharaoh in the eye blinklessly and presided over the ten plagues and crossed the Red Sea with no mud between his toes and wandered the Sinai wilderness in circles for 40 years because God's people were so gosh darn naughty. It's this Moses who's in our text and he just stands there hair and beard frosted by the years, his skin a leathery parchment tanned by desert decades. Before him are assembled the uncountable multitude of God's people. And behind him, snaking through the wilderness, are the sapphire waters of the Jordan River. And behind that stream is the promised land. And so Moses begins to preach his last sermon. His homily takes up almost the entire book of Deuteronomy, 29 chapters. The sermon lasted for hours. But all of those Israelites, they just stood there too. Or maybe they sat down in the sand, but no one moved. No one went back to their tent to watch Netflix. No one made a Sabbath day target run. They sat there quietly, listening, enraptured. Would you like to know why? Imagine that your great-grandparents, and then your grandparents, and finally your own mom and dad lived as slaves their whole lives waiting for God to rescue them and give them their own Old Testament land of the free and home of the brave to live it. But it never happened. And they all died. They never saw it. But now here you are. And you can see it. It's just over there. And you can smell it. You can almost taste this land of milk and honey. After 440 years, God is finally going to keep his promise. And you will experience it. And now God has something to say to his people, speaking through Moses the way that God always does. Don't you think you would have wanted to hear that sermon too? Would you really have cared that it was 29 chapters long? Or would you have wrapped your heart around every word? So what do you think God says to those Israelites I mean, you know, considering the circumstances, it it must be incredibly important, and it is. 
But before we hear God's message, I want you to consider what God did not say to his people on that day of days. He didn't give them a pep talk. It's going to be tough when we cross that river. No, but you can do it if you put your mind to it. No. He didn't say, well, there's going to be a lot of battles and now I need to meet with the military commanders. No. He didn't revisit all of their past failures either. And he doesn't put his almighty foot down, you do what I say or else. Uh Uh-uh. Instead, in this most pivotal uh, moment in the entire history of the nation of Israel, this is what God says. He says, now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the just decrees that I am teaching you. In other words, God says, listen to my word. Listen to my word. Don't worry about the desert anymore. Don't worry about those walls of Jericho over there. Don't worry about the Canaanites, the Moabites, the Amalekites, and all the other ites. I've got your backs. And you don't have to worry about the future anymore either. I've got that covered too. Just remember what is most important. Listen to my word. But what does that mean? What does listening to God's word really mean? Well, okay, let's look at our text. All right, and I want you to to take a a closer look at some of the Hebrew verbs in this text. Ready? All right, the first one, verse 1, listen. That's pretty self-evident. Open open your ears, okay? The second verb is do. God says, you know, listen to my statutes and then do them. All right, so put my word into action. Then God says, don't add or subtract from my word ever. And then he says in verse 6, he says, keep my word. And that's a really cool Hebrew word, semar. And it means to preserve or protect or to watch over something. And it's found four times in just a few verses. All right, so listen to my word. Do what it says. Don't you dare add or subtract from it. And keep my word. Preserve it. Watch over it. See what God is saying to his people? He says, look, folks, as soon as you cross that river over there, you're a brand new nation in a brand new land, but you're my nation. Don't forget that. And I want and desire, I expect my nation, my people, and the life of every single family to revolve around, be built upon, rely, trust, and depend upon my word. Listen to my word. All right, now it's time for a little Lutheranism 101. Ready? Okay, so what's God's word? Remember from your confirmation days? Come on now, God's word contains two kinds of teaching, two kinds of divine truth. What is it? Law and, hooray, law and gospel, right? Okay, gospel first. The good news that God gives you, that God graces you free of charge, the forgiveness of your sins, and a place in heaven through your simple but powerful faith in Jesus Christ, who did all the work of salvation for you. Gospel, right? Then God's law, second kind of teaching in the Bible. That's God's yes and God's no for how God wants you to live your life. I mean, remember, because of all that Jesus has done for you on the cross 
And on Easter morning, your whole life then is a thank you, isn't it? And so God spells out what a life of gratitude to him looks like. God says, hey, if you really want to thank me for Jesus, well, then do this, but don't do that. You know, check out my Ten Commandments. And if you can't remember that, then simply ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Law. Law and gospel. All right, so now we're going to connect the dots. Now comes the here and now part of the sermon. Okay, what I want you to take home today, because you are God's people now. You are God's New Testament nation, and God's expectations for his people have not changed since the days that Moses was doing his thing. Today, above all else, God desires that you do what? Listen to his word. Put your faith in Jesus and then live out both law and gospel in your life. Don't add or subtract anything from God's word. Don't do that. And that God wants you to protect his word with all your heart. So what I want to know then, and you're going to have to answer this for yourself, are you listening is your family listening to the Word of God? Really listening these days, right now? Well, before you answer that, let's see how this whole listening to God's Word business is doing in our own nation, shall we? Research conducted by Answers Magazine in 2017 revealed that only 60% of Americans can name five of the Ten Commandments. 45% believe that the Bible teaches that God helps those who help themselves. They, they think that's a Bible verse. It's not. All right? Then Barna, Barna poll revealed that 53% of Americans have read either none or very little of the Bible, just a couple verses. Let that sink in a little bit. All right? Uh, which explains why 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. What? <laughs> okay, 50% of high school graduates believe that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. All right, many Americans believe that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham. I kid you not. Okay, but just because you're Christian, you're not off the hook, right? Because only half of all Christian adults can name all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Steve, right? Okay, many Christians can only identify two out of the 12 disciples, and here's the most troubling one, 48% of Christians believe that if a person is generally good and tries their hardest to do good things, they will go to heaven, leaving Jesus completely out of the picture, and Martin Luther rolls around in his grave. Gee, do you think there's a connection between biblical illiteracy and the hatred and violence and sexual immorality that we see in our nation these days on a level and a scale that has never been seen before and why the Bibles of too many Christian denominations are missing too many pages? We've become spiritually illiterate, haven't we? No one listens to God's word anymore.
So what, what's the answer? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. That's a big problem. But I, I do know that whatever the answer is, it begins with you and it begins with me. Only you know how often you listen to God's word, you know, how God's word, what role it plays uh, in your life. But I'll tell you what, whatever that answer is, up the ante. You know, find a Bible study in person or online. Listen to a sermon in person or online. I'm going to give you a devotion book as you leave church today. You know, make God's word a part of your everyday life. And when that happens, you're putting the Holy Spirit to work in your heart because listening more to God's word equals believing more equals living out God's word. Being more Christ-like day in and day out. And whatever the answer is, it also begins with your family. So moms and dads, you just can't drop the kids off at Sunday school or youth group or confirmation class and call it good. Statistically, studies have shown that if your children do not see you reading and discussing and treasuring the word of God in your family, they are far less likely to include that precious word in their own families down the road. I mean, listening to God's word. I mean, that's what it's all about. And it begins with you, begins with me, begins with our families. So, the last sermon of Moses. And, and yes, like this sermon today, it was a little long-winded. But God had something he just had to say. He's still saying it today. Listen to my word. Put it into action. Don't add or subtract from it and protect it with all your heart. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.